Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Hi, everybody. This is Emily. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited to have my friend, Layla Anderson, here with us today. Um, Layla recently went through a very, very difficult time. I know that I spend a lot of time with my divorced clients, um, and there's a certain grieving process there, but Layla's uh, late husband, he passed away from cancer, and so I wanted to talk a little bit to that audience, people who have lost a loved one. Uh, The grieving process, I know, is different and brutal and tough, But I hope that we can offer you some hope today. That is my biggest goal in anything. And if you've had any type of loss, hopefully what we talked about today can help you through that, right? So I have some questions for Layla. Layla, thank you so much for being with me. You're welcome. Today for doing this. And I know sometimes it's hard to talk about you know yeah. but but I think I look to you as going through a lot and coming out victorious you know being stronger because of it and learning so much so thank, thank you. you you're welcome and Layla has a beautiful beautiful Veracruz <laughs> Mexico accent that she's worried about for some reason I <laughs> but I think that my listeners are going to love it there you go. <laughs> so I'm going to just jump in okay, to the questions. Good. So I have a few questions here for Layla. Number one, what are three of the most important must-dos that you would advise a person who just lost a spouse? Yeah, so I will say, uh, first of all, just give them some space. Like right after, you know, your spouse passes away, you... You don't have any clarity of anything that's going on, and you just need to be by yourself. Uh, sometimes you be you need to be around people. Sometimes you don't. But just give them some space and uh, just be the, be there for them, but allow them to just have their own time, uh, and also be there for them when they reach out to you. Like if they don't reach out to you, it's not that they don't want you close. It's just they need mm-hmm. to be alone. And then another thing I will say to understand, uh, understand them and allow them to go through this process, understand that they're not being themselves and just try to understand that if they, you know, if they don't come to an activity or a birthday party or whatever is going on, it's not because they don't like you or because they don't want to be there. They just, you know, maybe dealing with things in different ways that a normal people out there will be dealing with. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will say just, you know, just pretty much just give them space, but be there if they need you. And another thing, if they have kids, just try to help them with the kids. Like um, for me, it was really important, like having someone who, you know, will take the kids out to do fun things, like kids things when you just don't really want to do anything else. Yes. So um, that was and really two important. kids. Two kids. Yeah. Having a year old boy. Okay. Sorry. Well, at the time he was eight. My boy, David, and my girl, she was uh, four. So now Mia's seven and David's almost 11. Okay. So uh, it was just really important to keep, you know, alive for kids, just fun things and things like that. But sometimes you don't have the energy or the desire to do anything. So 
being there for them, uh, for the kids was really important. So. I love that advice because a lot of times we feel like we have to smother people. Yeah. Like, I've got to check on this person. Yes. I'm going to check on yeah. that. I text them every night and I'm going to, are you okay? And what can I do? And, and we feel, you know, at a loss, people that haven't experienced it, like, yeah. what in the heck do we do? So yeah. I really like that. Yeah, and people feel pushed away or like, oh, well, I'm not going to call her again because she didn't answer the first 20 times that I called her, you know. <laughs> but it's not that. You just need some space and eventually we'll reach out. So Okay, and just help with the kids to com- yeah. uh, continue in normalcy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the short-term thing will be like help them with funeral details and food and cleaning after the funeral and just all those things that they're not important for the busy The busy work. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so. I like that. And then number two is opposite of that. So what are the three, you know, what are three of the most important don'ts that you would also advise? I guess it could go along with what you're saying. (laughs) So one of the things that, I mean, and I don't want to say it bothered me, but at the moment they did, it was when people will call me or text me, like, what can I do? Mm. And for me, it was like nothing, but at the same time, everything, you know, Mm. you just feel bad, like, reaching out for help and I, it was more helpful when people would be like hey I'm coming today and I'm cleaning the house for you you know having that initiative and just being like hey I'm picking up the kids today this is what I'm doing because you don't really don't have you don't have any idea of what's going on okay your fridge can be empty for weeks and you don't even know you know yeah. so just having that people just having initiative and say like this is what I'm doing for you and and that yeah that was really nice and another thing that I, you know, I will say, just never say words that can become as unsensitive, like, oh, like, you know, this is this was meant to be, or they're in a better place, oh. or uh, so you save know, the advice. Yeah, aren't you glad he's save resting, it. or you know, aren't you glad he's not suffering? You you know all that as a widow. Like, I mean, my late husband passed away from cancer. He was struggling with this for two years. Right. And obviously I knew that him passing away, it was the end of struggles and pain. But at the same time as a widow, you just want them here. You know? Of course. So just save the advice. Yeah. <laughs> Be there and just listen to them, you know. Yes, yeah, that's we'll so, so wise. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the last thing will be like, don't push them to do anything that they don't feel like it. Like... I know people do things from a place of love, like, okay, mm-hmm. let's let's go out and eat, or like, let's go to the movies, like, you know, that's nice, and you appreciate that, but don't push them. They will come around on their own eventually. Yeah, yeah. So. I could definitely see myself doing yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have to get you out, we have to do things. Yeah. So, um, maybe uh, between sisters, that would be okay. Yeah, definitely, because then you can but tell friends, your sister, no. Yeah, yeah, a little different. Oh, my gosh, that was really great advice. Thank you. So number three, um, it's a little bit about the stages of grief. So there's five stages of grief. They're denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And everyone experiences some of these, if not all, in no particular order and in no particular timeline. Um, But sometimes, I don't know, it just ranges from so many different emotions. So I wanted to ask you, what was your experiences with these type of stages? And then the second part of the question, also like facing Andy's diagnosis, you know, because he fought this for a few, a couple of years before he died. Did you go through some of the stages of grief then? 
Yeah. So maybe we'll start with that. Definitely, yes. So Andy was diagnosed on December of 2013, um, a week before Christmas. So since that moment, like, I feel like I started my grieving process. Like, just hearing the word cancer and couldn't be a terminal cancer and, you know, all these words, like, just, it was just almost like as a warning of the end is going to come eventually. Then as time passed, uh, probably like 10 months later, a doctor came to us and he was like, no, it is terminal. There's nothing we can do. We can prolong his life, but he's going to die. No the honesty what. said in. So that's when the denial started on my end. Okay. Like, I'm like, this. there is no way he's going to die. You know, we're going to do this treatment. There's no way he's going to die. Let's do this surgery. You know, there is way he's going to die. There's no way, like, you know, the doctors came and told us, you guys have to go home. And you're like, no, 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 no. Let's do a medical trial now. Right. So it's just this denial of, like, no, he's not going to die. And it was just denial on my end. And I knew he knew. But uh, he just, you know, was doing everything so I can, you know, be okay with the results. Um, the denial was also for the kids, too. Like, you right. know, we were oh. honest. We had to be honest. Yes. From the beginning, this is what's going to happen. Daddy's going to die. And they were like, oh, no, he's not. Mm. You know, we had to go through a bunch of therapy and just just getting them ready that that was, that was the outcome. And, you know, the, the anger, like, I was mad at God for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I... I am a good wife, I'm a good caregiver, like, I'm a good mom, like, how can this be happening to me? Mm-hmm. Or, like, he's a great dad, he's yes. always been healthy, he's a, you know, hard worker, like, how can this be happening to a 29-year-old, you know? Oh, gosh. So, yeah. just anger everywhere, anger, you know, angry with the doctors, like, how can you not find something, yes. you know, for this young parent, don't you see he has two kids, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had anger against people about, you know, just just mad. I, I will get mad seeing a healthy dad with their wife. Yes. Just made me so mad, you know, and it's not their fault. Like there's no one's no one's fault. But things like, you know, birthday parties and see everybody celebrating, I will be so angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, the anger is something that I experienced after he died too. Mm-hmm. Just the same thing, just seeing happy families and and seeing that everywhere, just it would just make me so angry. So, mm-hmm. and then the next one, mm-hmm. um, bargaining. Yes, let <laughs> <laughs> me say that, please. Uh, just always find myself like trying to find the way to negotiate with God and be uh-huh. like, okay, if I do this, like, yes. can you fix him? Or if I help these people, would you just help Handy? Or same with the doctors. Like, okay, if, if we do this, can you send us to this other state? Can we find something? It's always trying to find ways to fix the solution. And then the depression. Um, I will say I didn't have to, didn't have time to be depressed while he was sick. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I had moments when I when I was depressed and sad, but I just had to keep going. Yeah, you know, it was just one thing. Too after much going another. on. Yeah, you just don't have time. So, I mean, I, I grieved and I was sad, but it was like, okay, we have to do this. Now we have to do this doctor's appointment. Now we have to, you know, he was paralyzed for a long time and we have to take care of him. We have to move him and all these things and no time to be depressed. When he died, um, I was still not depressed, but it was until my mom and dad left town two weeks after he died. 
when I, uh, I found myself by myself and uh, the kids will go to school and I will stay in the couch, just not showering, not eating, not getting out of the house, just sad, crying, not even watching TV. I mean, I remember at one time I, I um, broke the light on, on the closet so I wouldn't see his clothes, you know, in the closet. Like, mm-hmm. just completely depressed. But I didn't know I was going through a depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that part was really hard. Just the realization of, oh, this is real. Like, mm-hmm. he really is gone. And and I don't know what to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the acceptance, uh, it was, man, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it took a long time. Mm-hmm. Um I will say, in fact, sometimes I still struggle with the acceptance. Interesting. Yeah. Like, it gets better. It gets mm-hmm. easier. Mm-hmm. And it's not as strong as it was before. You know, before I I was sure he was somewhere, you know, hiding or something. Like, yeah, he was not like, there. This can't be real. Yeah. This I is mean, really even real? the kids, like, like yeah. they will come and tell me. And, and I, this is, like, not too long ago. Like, uh, my son, probably, like, two months ago, came to me. And he's like... I have this dream often that uh, daddy's homeless hmm. and he is walking hmm. somewhere and I'm going to find him. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. I find him, you know, on the street. He's been homeless for all these years, you know. So the acceptance of, of not just on my end, but the kids too, just be like, no, this really happened. They have their own process. Yeah, definitely. So uh, wow. uh, it's better. I know he's not here. I know hmm. he, he died. But still, sometimes, you know, I struggle and I wish, man, I wish he really will be homeless and I go find him, no? Yeah. But um, it's just, yeah, it is what it is. So. It is what it is. But I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you. Because yeah. there's so many people, I, I just want them to know that those stages are normal. Yeah. And that if you're feeling any of these, that you can relate. Definitely. And you can at least be like, okay, you know, like, I'm not totally crazy. Well, you, you know? feel crazy. Like, right. you convince yourself okay. you are crazy. You yeah. know, like, you're driving, yeah. you see, like, one thing, you hear one song, and you're screaming, crying. I'm like, what this came from? Like, you're totally crazy. You lost it. You know, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it just... It is just normal, even though I hate it when people will be like, oh, it's normal. It will get better. I'm like, I don't care. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm crazy. Let me be crazy. But yeah, um, it, yeah. it will. It will get better. Yeah. Okay, good. So this is um, kind of a different question. But as I was studying, I came across this and found it really interesting. So a lot of people will turn to what are called short-term energy relieving behaviors and they are it's an acronym s-t-e-r-b-s STERBS. so short-term energy relieving behaviors in an effort to feel better so here's some examples it's like food eating too much or too little um, alcohol gaming betting exercise or even trying to like help others go through the loss but the danger in these behaviors is that they become addictive yeah, and they mask the real problem, so you're really not getting over it. Did you go through any of these type of things? Yeah, um, I was lucky enough to um, love exercising. Mm. So uh, after, like, I realized, okay, I can't be in bed, not showering, not eating for the rest of my life. Like, finally, it was one day where I'm like, okay, I need to get out. Like, I need to do something. So I went back to the gym, 
and I'm so grateful I took that route instead of something else and I spent hours every day at the gym. Mm-hmm. It was good but at the same time bad because I did I lost, you know, tons of weight and it was just my only goal, like just work out, work out, work out. Mm-hmm. But it helped me. It helped mm-hmm. me through, mm-hmm. you know, getting out of the house, do something good. And another thing that uh, it really, really was healing, um, I met through different places, uh, people who were struggling with um, cancer. Mm-hmm. And I had this particular friend who I met whose husband uh, was about to die from cancer too. She had the same, just, you know, t- uh, young little kids. She was about my age. And I just try to like help her. I mm-hmm. went to her house. I help her with, you know, this is the things that you need to get ready. I mean, you know, he's going to die. This is, you know, all the process and everything. So that was really helpful just to be there for others. I had another widow friend who was struggling too. And she, she took the other route, like you were saying, like, you know, she was becoming an alcoholic and mm-hmm. it's just an easy way out, you know, for mm-hmm. some people. Mm-hmm. So for me being there for others was really helpful. It was really helpful. That's cool. Yeah. So your short-term energy relievers actually ended up being kind of good. Yeah. You know, maybe Definitely. the exercise was a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, OCD. <laughs> but, uh, but it was good at the but end. It, you yeah. Know? Good yeah. thing it wasn't alcohol yeah. or something damaging yeah. that you could get through. Definitely. Yeah. That's cool. So um, on to support systems yeah. and how important they are. So who was your main support? You know, God, family, friends. Uh, The reason I'm asking this is I want to know for my listeners, for anyone listening, what they can do. You know, it kind of goes back to question number one. So what did they do that helped? So first, you know, it was God. Like I, even though I was angry, like I found Mm. always a person there that wouldn't matter if I was mad or not or just shut them down. He was always there. So that was the the biggest and most important for, you know, during that time. And then family, uh, my parents are really, really cool parents. And they, you know, they they will be there all the time. I will be, I remember calling my mom every day and just just having a friend who knows if, you know, one day she calls me and I'm like, I don't want to talk to you today. Mm -hmm. She will get it. So just close family. My sister was one of the biggest, uh, just big, 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 big support for me. She will come every day. And I have just, I feel okay saying, you know what? Not today. I don't want to talk today. Yeah, you're comfortable. Yeah. So your sister, you know, she was great. And uh, I remember one day she came and my kids came to me and they were like, I'm hungry. And I look at them and I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then she's like, are you going to feed them? I'm like, what do I do? How do I do that? Yeah. She's like, well, are you, you going to feed them lunch? And I'm like, uh, and I, she saw my face of like, I don't know what to do. I don't even want to move. So she, you know, fixed them lunch, took them out to the park or whatever. So just family and then friends. Uh, I found out like the good real friends stay through the hard times. Mm-hmm. But then other people who I thought were friends, they kind of like have a hard time understanding mm. the space that you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, they're, they're, they are there with you at the beginning. And then after that, they don't know how to like reach mm. out sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I feel like just, you know, even if it's been a month, six months, still reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Like still, you know, ask 
hey, um, do you want to have lunch today yeah. or whatever? Just yeah. because at the beginning it's hard, but you're so numb that you don't really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. It comes mm-hmm. later when you find yourself alone, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And with this new life, and you don't know who you are, and you don't know what to do from there. Mm-hmm. So you really need all those people like being involved. Yeah. yeah. So good intentions are great. Yeah. But don't forget about them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, I like that. And I remember your parents. I remember your dad. And tell them how far away Veracruz is. I remember oh, he yeah. would just stay with you. <laughs> yeah, Veracruz. My they parents would take are, turns. I know. <laughs> My parents are in Veracruz. Veracruz, um, I will say driving is like two days. Yeah. It's in the Gulf of Mexico. So uh, when Andy was struggling with cancer, like they will take turns. My dad will close his office and he will come for two or three weeks to Mm -hmm. stay with my kids. And then my brother will do the same. Uh, He's a chiropractor there. And then my mom, she's an OB. G-Y-N, and she will do the same. She will close her office. So and busy. Yeah, they will all did, did this, just taking turns and come be with me and the kids. And my sister, I mean, my kids pretty much live with, with my mom. sister. Yeah, she was the second mom for for a long time. So just family is really yeah. important. Yeah. yeah, It was inspiring to see it. Mm, it thank was you. really yeah. cool. Yeah. Really cool. Okay, number six. Different swing here. People will say... You need to stay strong for your kids. You know, you have yeah. two kids, still do, but <laughs> which I see as being virtually impossible. Yeah. You know, but what are some things you did for their mental health and emotional health, um, as well as overall well being to help them cope? Yeah. You know, like I heard that often, like you need to stay strong for the kids, like the kids need you and 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 honestly, from everything that people say, I will say that's the only thing that's true. <laughs> because you do. Like, you, they, they can't understand. Just as if it's painful for you and you can express that, just imagine a four or five-year-old, like, doesn't know what's going on. And on top of losing a parent, you have another one who can't even move, you know. So um, it, it really was for my kids why I got out of the darkness and why I kept moving, you know, like they, I understood pretty quick that they need me yes. and that they didn't choose this situation. And pretty much I was, every, I was everything that they had. Yes. So it was me or nothing. Yeah. So, um, I quickly like, you know, put myself together and then, um, I put them on a therapist. Yes. Uh, she will come to her house uh, once a week and she will spend an hour with each of the kids at our house that's nice yeah so that was really nice and it was nice it was more like that. a play therapy oh and uh, she was amazing um so she did that for a year almost and it was so helpful just she really got she became to be my kids friends and i mean especially me i will like just tell her everything you know mm-hmm. so that was cute and then i uh Went to the school and I talked to the social worker and then she will um, have my kids on a kind of like a support group once a week and um, they will do that at school every week too. And then I put the kids on a support group for kids. This place is amazing. If you're in Arizona, it's called A New Song and it's free and it's through Hospice of the Valley. And uh, what it is, it's a support group for kids who have lost a loved one. Okay. So they divide the kids by age group, and then uh, you go every other Tuesday, and they have a support group. I remember the first day I picked them up, 
Uh, and by the way, when they're on, on the kids' support group, the parents have the chance to go to a support group with adults, with okay. the mom or dad. Okay. So the first day, I'm like, oh, they're going to hate it, you know, like talking about death all the time right. for two hours, like... And no, they were like, I, my, I remember my, my boy, he's like, mom, I met a friend and his mom died of cancer. Like he was oh so excited, gosh. you know, like just realizing, unfortunately, you're not the only one. Yeah. You think you are by yourself. You think it's the end of the world. And it just happens all the time. Right. Like there's mm. so much people out there oh on gosh. pain. So we will do that every other two weeks with the kids, and they loved it to the to the extent that when it was over, like they both cried, they wanted to keep going. You know, they love that support group. Now, tell is there a website? You know, um, I will say through Hospice of the Valley. Okay. Uh, on the website, and the place is called New Song, and they have it all over uh, Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the only requirement is having a loved one in your family who passed away. Okay. I so, yeah, that. it's great. Yeah. Again. So, anyway, so that was uh, another thing that I did for the kids. And then I uh, got them involved in sports. Yes. Like, I put David yes. on club baseball and just, you know, BBC, get your energy out, okay. get your pain Good. out. And then Mia, she started gymnastics and just keep them busy. I mean, I try to allow them to be angry and frustrated. And, I mean, my poor boy, he will throw things, break things in his room and scream and... And just being so angry and you just have to, you know, I remember talking with his therapist, like, what do I do? Like calling her like, okay, what do I do? Like he's breaking things in his room and he, he's saying he hates me. She's like, just sit down, let him go through this. They have to go through it, you know. It's important. Yeah. So I uh, just allowing them uh, to go through this and yeah. So just keep them active and be there for them and realizing that, Whatever you're going through, they're going through too, but they can't express that. So. Right, right. Yeah. Keeping that routine. Definitely. Yeah. Keeping that normalcy. Oh, I think that's so good that you yeah. kept them very active. So going back to support groups, how about you? Did you join any support groups? Yeah. If so what helped? I did. And I was a little just, you know, not sure about doing it. Because support groups for me sounded like crazy people, you know, like all oh, these crazy people going to a support right, group. Right, yeah. And uh, I actually had two support groups. One, with, uh, it was more spiritual. Mm-hmm. It was more related like in God and and just, just spiritual uh, support. And it was for uh, just people who have lost a loved one. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was girls and guys and you know, sister, moms, whoever have lost someone. Mm -hmm. And I will do this every Thursday. And then every other Tuesday, I will have this, this, the same support group where my kids were going, like I just said, and then just going with the adults. And I love that one. I met really good widow friends Mm. and uh, became friends outside the support group. And I still, you know, I'm friends with them. And that was just amazing. Like it was just, just, just go knowing that, we were all going through the same pain, and we were all going crazy at the same time, you yeah. know? So that was nice, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, next one. Many widows fear that getting over the loss means somehow that they need to put the past behind them, and they forget the memories that they shared. You know, I know this would be detrimental, and to move forward is enjoying and celebrating their memory. So what do you do with your family that helps you celebrate Andy and keep his memory yeah. alive? Yeah, it was a huge fear of mine. Like, okay, 
uh, we're going to forget about Andy. The kids are going to forget about Andy. Right, Especially yeah. the kids. Especially my youngest one. And uh, I didn't want that. But at the same time, I didn't want to, like, over overwhelm them talking about him 24-7. So we got to a point where, like, I realized if they need to talk about him, they're going to. And I'm going to answer all their questions, whatever they want to know about him. I'm going to be there. I don't want to push them because sometimes I will like just talk too much about Andy and I will see mm. Mia getting sad okay. or she couldn't sleep. So I, I realized that when they're ready, they will come to me. Mm. But also another way to like keep his memory alive was like we had this little notebook and every time they will come with a memory of Andy, we will write it down. So I will car- carry that little Wonderful. notebook with me all the time. And uh, they were like, oh, remember when daddy used to do that? So I would pull it out. I'm like, write it down, write it down. And so then, good. Yeah. I love so that. So on his birthday and uh, the day that he died, we'll pull out this notebook still until today and we read them all. Yes. We read them to our friends, to our family. And yeah. they love that because you do forget some things, you know. It's yeah, painful it's and it's sad, but you do forget some things. So that was one of the things. Then another one is like um, we just celebrate his birthday, like if yes. it's his birthday, and we make a big deal of it. We all have matching T-shirts, and we carry his picture, and then <laughs> we have a party at the cemetery. I know people think we're crazy, but, like, you know, we bring his favorite food there and invite friends, and, I mean, yeah, we just celebrate his life, and uh, it's it's always going to be a part of us. And then I allow the kids to, I mean, Mia's room, it's full of Andy's pictures all mm. over the wall, and... They want to have pictures of Andy. They can have pictures of Andy. If they want to, you know, have them all over the world, they are allowed <laughs> to do that. And, and that's okay. A little celebrity almost. I know. <laughs> so it, just just allowing them to to remember whenever they're ready. Mm-hmm. And then we have a service uh, project every Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And we, like, make food for the people mm-hmm. who is um, at the hospice where he died. And then we just bring food for the family. And then we do the same uh, to one of the hospitals where he was admitted. And then we just try to honor him with that. And then we have this other, like, race that we have in his honor called Andy's Run, which, by the way, we have to do it this year. But anyways, <laughs> yes, just whatever we can to just just remember him, remember his life and knowing, helping the kids know that no matter how many years pass by, he's always going to be their daddy. Yes. And he loves them. And yeah, so. Oh, gosh. Anyway. You just gave us a lot of good ideas. And, and I love all of that. And I love that you allow your kids to experience, you know, whatever they're going through, whatever yeah. memory they might have at their own pace and, and whatever they need. I love that. Yeah. So, and. This is my final question. Well, it might not be my final. I might pull some <laughs> stuff out. But um, a fear that I, you know, can imagine, because I cannot say I yeah. know what you've been through. But another fear that, that kind of goes along with this is when you get into a new relationship. And yeah. uh, you want to still be able to talk about your deceased spouse and remember him without, like, appearing that you're competing with the new spouse. Now, you're married, um, his name is Josh. So how do you accomplish that with Josh? Yeah. I, I'm i so lucky that I found Josh because he's always he's always been so kind and understanding uh, with my grief. He allows me to grieve. He gives me space. He, he helps me. At the beginning, I did find myself talking about Andy every day. 
Right. And yeah. he will not say anything because he loves me, he respects me, but I, after, after a long time, <laughs> uh, talking with a friend who is also a widow, she said, you know, it, you have to find the right time and the right place to go through your grief without hurting your new spouse. Yes. He will always understand you. He will always love you. He will always yeah. be there for you. But it's kind of not fair for them, right? So that's how she, she put it. So find the right people and the right place. And she's like, call me. And that's what I've been doing. I mean, she her husband passed away in an accident. Mm-hmm. And I'm texting her often like, oh, my goodness. Like, I just heard this song. Or like, and she's like, oh, like, no worries. It happened to me last week. You know, like. I love that. Yeah. So she's the one now. Yeah, she's the one. To, instead of having to go to your current husband. Yeah, because your current husband will never like, turn you yeah, away. Right. You know, he will always listen and love you and be there for you. But like, I'm assuming that eventually will be just tiring, you know, yeah. and, and painful at the same time. So I found the right people and the right place to just get it out, you know. Even though I know I can go to Josh as many times as I want. Right. And then he's involved in all the celebrations. He comes with us to the cemetery. He talks to, to the kids, you know. He, he, he celebrates his birthday. I mean, he is so nice with honoring Andy. And the kids call Josh that and the kids call Andy daddy. And mm-hmm. it's just a way to mm-hmm. respect both of them. Mm-hmm. So I just will say, like, it's challenging. And that was their choice. That was their choice. One day they, you know, now I'm pregnant. And David was like, how is the baby going to call Josh? And I said, well, dad. I mean, he's, you know, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. We got to call him dad. Like, we cannot call him Josh anymore, you know. So, the so baby it was will. cute. Yeah. So the baby will know that we're all a family. Mm. So... Yeah, I, I will say just find the right time to grieve. And with not I'm not saying that your spouse is not the right person, but just allow them and respect them, you know, and find another people who can be your support system and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. won't think you're crazy. So. Yes. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I really, really love that advice, though. Yeah. I mean, because I was thinking when I was asking you this question, because I know what a good person Josh is. Yeah. Like, yeah, Layla's really picked a good one. And uh, and in going, you know, to the next relationship, you do want to be very vigilant about the type of person and what they can handle. And, yeah. And I'm sure Josh could handle it every single moment of every day. But like you said, yeah. gosh, that, that sounds like a better solution. Definitely. And, you know, I remember I will post on Facebook about Andy, like, oh, my goodness, every day. Yeah. Because you're feeling it and yeah, you just... Yeah. And then later on, I'm like, I wonder how Josh feels. You know, I wonder what he's feeling. Yeah. And just trying to yes. be the other person. And I'm, I think to myself, if I was the other person, I would be so mad. <laughs> right? You're like, okay, I'm I would be, okay, okay, okay. I'm the one here, you know. But uh, just, just, it took me time to just realizing how to protect the other person's heart, honoring the person like who that. you will always love. Protect you know? their heart. I like yeah. that. That's wonderful. So, so okay. I originally was going to plan on stopping right there, but <laughs> I thought of just one simple question for you. Yeah. So I'm just giving this to Layla without any pre-warning, <laughs> but it's a simple, you know, what yeah. can you tell? What can you tell someone who just lost their spouse? I, I want them to know there is hope. You know, when you're going through it in the moment, you do not have a vision of yeah. your future is like so jumbled up because what you thought was going to happen 
isn't anymore. Yeah. What can you say to them? Yeah, I will say just go through the pain. As horrible as it sounds, just go through the pain. Like, allow yourself to be depressed. Allow yourself to have, you know, times where you cry, when you scream, when you don't want to shower, when you don't want to eat, and know that it's okay. Like, no matter what people are telling you, no matter who wants to get you out of the house, just go through the pain. And as weeks come by and months come, you know, keep coming, and you are still in pain, just feel it. And don't let anyone tell you, you know, you need to do this this way. You need to get rid of his clothes. Like, whatever feels right for you, do it. Mm -hmm. It will come the time, slowly but surely, when you will see things different and you will get out of this. No matter how long it takes you, if it takes you longer than it took me, if it takes you less than it took me, it's okay. Don't allow people to influence your emotions, your feelings, your timing. Just just know that eventually it will get better. I so, like that. Yeah. Have faith that it will. Yeah, it somehow, will get but better. But it's okay to yeah. feel that pain. And you will always carry that. Just remember, mm -hmm. I mean, some people, like, like they can't wait to be done with the grieving. Mm. And it's never over. Like, unfortunately... Mm -hmm. It's different. It's like waves, you know. They come and they get bigger and then they get get smaller. Mm -hmm. But they always are gonna. They always gonna come, and it's been almost. Uh, I mean, 2015, so almost four years for me, and and it still comes and it's still painful and I still cry and I still mm -hmm. hurt for him and and it's not the same. But just allow yourself to feel, I guess. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, yeah. Leila. You're I love welcome. you, and I'm so glad that you took the time to talk a little bit about your experience. So, all right, people, hopefully you gained some hope through that and know that there are people around you who've experienced similar things. We're here for you. Okay, make it what you want. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe, and as always, make it a great day.